You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Like I didn't, oh. I didn't forget, but I was I just got to one of those points in the night where I didn't know what time it was anymore. <laughs> so, so when you texted me, I were on. I was like, "Wait, what? Already? What the? Oh God, it's already ten o'clock. Well, well then." <laughs> I'll tell you the 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 weeks where I work and come home because I don't get I get home at like seven forty five or something. Mm-hmm. So it's like. It's like I get home, I'm like, oh, well, we'll podcast a little bit. And then, like, I feel like I sit for, like, 30 minutes, and I'm like, oh, shit, we got a podcast in, like, 20 minutes. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, this night goes quick. Yeah. Um, I, figure, I figure it would be a little shorter tonight. We probably don't have a ton to... A ton uh, to no, not really. Um, I mean, yeah. there's not even... To be honest, there's not that even that many news and notes, unless you know of any, like big transfer news. I haven't seen anything big happen in the Premier League yet officially. So um yeah, I know Everton signed the kid from um Rangers. Um oh Nathan Patterson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean other than that, no, nothing's really nothing's really happened yet. I mean there's a there's a shit ton of Liverpool rumors, but I mean mm-hmm. you know, I ain't getting into all those. That could be anything. But I think my favorite one I'm seeing is we might sign a Said uh, there would be riots at the Emirates because apparently Bakari Saka is uh, very interested in signing for Liverpool. Oh. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I'd have Bakari Saka. <laughs> I'm sure you would right now. Oh, I have my heart, dude. I'm, I'm even in the summer. Oh, I think he. I think he's going to be a great player. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's Arsenal. They're just going to... They're, they're going to have this good young core, and they're just going to give them all away. Yep. Yep. Let's uh, hope. We can hope. We can hope. Um, and we'll hope for good more good things to happen here on the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 396. Oh, my God. We're like a month away from 400 episodes. That is nuts. Um, but welcome on in, everyone. Truly, truly proof that they'll let anybody do this shit. It's true. It's it's damn true. Um, my name is Edward Green, joined as always by McCollum Crime, West Bradshaw. Uh, we have a, a, as we mentioned, kind of a more compact episode for you this week. Uh, again, we have, we have finally gotten through, all, well, kind of, the crucible that is the festive holiday period. Technically, there's FA Cup matches coming up, and there's League Cup semifinals. Sort of, kind of, 
and 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 more to that so uh so it's gonna keep going but uh but not a whole lot of news to really go through here so this will be a little bit of a quicker one we still will uh check back in on uh what went on in the previous week of premier league action um and we will touch on just a few quick news and notes and we will pimp the athletic and then we will hit the watch for and we will call it another successful podcast as always the podcast is presented by ngsc sports at ngscsports.com we never stop um even though we wish uh afcon would uh afcon continues on and so does well, I was told on um, the 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 Twitter sphere that you know we can't be assholes about it because that's like Eurocentric or some shit like that. So yeah, I'll be nice. I'll be nice. I can't whine about everything. So. Yeah, Wes Bradshaw complained about something. No. I don't. I mean, it either. does inordinately affect me personally, but you know, yeah. <sighs> whatever. Oh man, it's great. Um, all right, let's go through a quick wrap up of the week that was in the Premier League. Back to last Thursday, uh, Everton Newcastle was postponed. Uh, United clutched one out against Burnley three one. What a what a response by by the lads. Just well done. Good job on you, United. Just. True, truly a new day has has, has dawned there. Um, Leicester on, and Norwich on Saturday got postponed. Man City, in somewhat controversial fashion, uh, came back from down 1-0 against Arsenal to win 2-1. Rodri with the match winner in the 93rd minute. And Arsenal gets their turn for the week of why are the refs always out to get us? Uh, you you gotta love it. Um, speaking of late late winners, uh, Davidson Sanchez adds his name to the late late show history books in Tottenham Hotspur as they win one nil against Watford. Uh, Tottenham no strangers to last minute winners at Vicarage Road, um, but Sanchez's header was the difference in that one. Uh, West Ham hung on for dear life at the end against Crystal Palace. Uh, a three-goal lead in the first half shrank to 3-2 at the end, um, but Palace could not find the late equalizer, and West Ham escaped with the points. <clears throat> Southampton, Newcastle on Sunday was postponed. Uh, Brighton came back uh, or held on against Everton 3-2. McAllister with a brace in this one to cancel out Gordon's for Everton uh, as Rafa, Rafa really needs to get something going at Everton. Uh, just just have have a little more patience. You know? Please, please, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, as, uh, as Brighton continue their strong season. Uh, Leeds beat Burnley 3-1. Um, so big win for Bielsa's men to try and stay up in the Premier League as he refuses to change tactics. Uh, Brentford, another win for them after Danny Ng's early goal for Aston Villa. They scored two more to take the win as Brentford just having a very, very strong season and hopefully one that they can build on here in the Premier League. And then in match of the year, century, weekday, month, uh, already on Sunday, it was Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2, and also a match that that uh, 
that gave other teams a chance to say, why are the refs always biased against us? Every fan base gets to do it. It's so much fun. Uh, and what was a thrilling first half uh, uh, affair that saw all four goals scored uh, and turned into a KG see-it-out effort from Chelsea in the second half. Um, and then Monday, <clears throat> Jao Moutinho stabbed Manchester United back in the heart. 1-0 Wolves win over United. <sighs> and and now we now we get the, the think pieces of, well, maybe Ralph Ranick isn't the man in, who needs to be in charge of United. I'm very excited to, to hear these for the next four months. It's it's gonna be great. Can't can't wait, football pundits. It's it's my favorite time of the year. So obviously, Wes, while you took no pleasure in that, um, I, I I'm assured that you uh you also probably had a lot of mixed feelings uh, as as Liverpool came out of Stamford Bridge with a draw. <clears throat> Oh man, um, yeah. interesting match. Yeah, um, very good match. Uh, very up and down, especially the first half. I will say this: uh, you mentioned it as match of the year. Uh, I'm kind of getting sick of playing these damn matches of the year. <laughs> I saw somebody say that. It's like there's a lot of Liverpool fans who are yeah. like, "Where, where? Can we just go back to the one nil wins yeah. we had in our title yeah. winning season?" Yeah, can, yeah. Can, can we just get the one nils where you know, like the 54th minute, you know, Mo scuffs one in, I, and then you know we just defend and don't let anything pass midfield. I, I would be just fine and dandy with a few of those. Um, man, what a hell of a match! Uh, Liverpool just smoked out by the COVID. You know, Liverpool for a long time did pretty well about not having the COVID issues, and now that it's like they're all hitting it once. Yeah. Um. Uh. This week, uh, Allison, Bobby Firmino, and um, uh, Joel Matip, and on top of it, Jurgen Klopp himself. Out with the COVID. Um, I'll tell you this, you know, Allison Becker, uh, if you ask me now, I think, you know, anyone who you want to call the best goalkeeper in the world at this point, everybody makes mistakes. Sure. Um, And Allison seemed to come at a time where, you know, they're really highlighted if he does make one. I, I personally think Allison Becker is the best goalkeeper in the world. So take that for what you want to. Uh, but damn it, I tell you what, I think Liverpool have found a pretty damn good backup, and uh, the young Irishman, Cleveland Kelleher, <laughs> uh, Kelleher comes out early. Um, American Das Wunder kid, uh, Christian Pulisic uh, takes a bad Trent pass, uh, goes open on goal. Kelleher comes out, pushes the ball away from the feet of Pulisic. Um, Super, super heads up play. I mean, it obviously saved a goal because if he doesn't come out, you know, that's Pulisic's goal to miss at that point. Uh, 0-0. Um, Mane gets the opener. Excuse me. Um, and then we started the uh, anything you can do world class, I can do better world class phase of the game. Yeah. Where Mo Salah just, like, Pulled a pulled a PlayStation move on a, <laughs> God, I believe was it I believe it was Aspilicueta down that side, 
he kind of hits like the stutter stick. Um, the Chelsea defender, you know, looks like, wait, wait a minute. No, bodies aren't supposed to move like that at this speed. <laughs> and then when everybody in the world thought he was going to go far post, uh, Salah slots it in near post past Edward Mendy. Uh, at 2-0, you're feeling good, man. Um, you know, Liverpool have a lot of momentum. They're looking good. Things are looking good. Um, but, man, the one thing Liverpool are really missing right now through injuries and just some performance, they're missing that control in midfield that they had had, um, especially back around uh, November, coming off that last international break. <clears throat> um uh, right now, missing Tiago, uh, you know, you know Tiago Alcantara um, has had his issues since coming, but he really looked like he had started to lock in over the last six weeks. So of course that means da 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 time to get hurt. So uh, with Tiago out, um, uh, Jordan Henderson hasn't been at his best. Uh, Fabinho kind of getting back into shape after missing some injury time himself. Uh, Klopp's kind of having to patchwork together that midfield, and they're just not really getting the job done. Uh, Chelsea start getting some pressure on, and then off a corner, God, one of the goals you'll ever see in your life. Uh, Kovacic takes a God, Kovacic, while backtracking, takes a volley. You know, at first you're like, oh, God, he just scuffed the shit out of that. And instead it hits the uh, post and goes in one of the sweetest hit balls you will ever see. As you say, completely physics defying. Um, All I could do is just put my hand on my hand and go, you've got to be kidding me, man. (laughs) Uh, Absolute fantastic goal. I believe someone said that's his fourth goal for club in six years of playing football. (laughs) So, of course it was, you know, of course yeah. uh, Kovacic hits that shot. Um, Chelsea coming out with a head of steam at the end of the half. Uh, play a through ball to, once again, that's American Wunderkid, Christian Pulisic. And Pulisic this time does not let Kelleher close down an angle on him. He goes up, uh, bangs one top corner, a sweet, sweet goal, as you will ever see. Um and right there were 2-2. Uh, Liverpool, a couple of really good chances in the second half, both Mane and Salah. Uh, Edward Mende was right there to uh, keep them out, though, to deny them both times. Um, you know, Kelleher does his job in goal, and at the end of the day, we split the points at Stamford Bridge. Um and I'm I'm here to say it, Ed. This got me in some uh, this got me in some hot water. Ooh. A few Liverpool fans oh, on no. the uh, on the old on the old uh, fan sites. I think that's uh, I think after this weekend, I think everything that's transpired, everything that's happening right now, I'm, I am personally conceding the league to City at this point. So. A conceder. There's there's something I saw because um, I went around to a couple different like uh, Chelsea and Liverpool's uh, Reddits to to see kind of how they were feeling after the match, um, and both were kind of bemoaning things. Chelsea a little less, but um, Liverpool fans obviously very very frustrated by this. And and someone made a very good comment, 
and 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 I don't have it right in front of me, so I'm gonna have to try and paraphrase it from memory. But but the gist of it was, you know, there was a time when if you were in the Premier League and you were a top three Premier League team and you went on the road to another top three Premier League team and you came away with a point, that was a good thing. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah, sure, we, we got a point. You know, maybe we'll, we can pip them at home. Um, I know I know Liverpool, the, the reverse fixtures already happened, but, you know, in a vacuum, three versus two in the table, or two versus three, I don't remember exactly how it is. You're like, okay, point on the road, great. Let's 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 move on. Our our number one goalkeeper is 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 out. Great. But because of City and how they have warped the Premier League, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but because of how City have warped the Premier League, anything that isn't a win feels awful. And it shouldn't necessarily. It's just it's just this weird thing where as a fan especially, again, you, there used to be, okay, well, you know, 87 points wins the league. If we get a point on the road at the second, at one of our top three rivals, great. That, that's a point a lot of other teams aren't going to get. We're in good shape. Mm-hmm. But, but now when city just doesn't really drop points anymore, anything you do that isn't a win feels horrible. And, and I feel bad for not, not that I necessarily sympathize with Liverpool fans really, or God, God forbid Chelsea fans, but there is something about, or, or United fans, if it was them or Arsenal fans, but there is something about, the way city is going now in this inevitability that just makes what should have been a fun match, especially for neutrals, still a fun match for the fans involved, but it's not because at the end you're like, it's somehow we're turning the calendar and Oh God, we drew another top three team. Guess the season's over. Like that's, that to me sucks. And now I'm seeing people, start to say, are we on the path to to be in another Bundesliga where where it's barren at the top and the rest are just kind of fighting for a second? Uh, maybe Dortmund will put in a push, but but that's about it. And that's that's kind of how it's starting to feel a little bit like with City is that, you know, teams are going to push them. Even Liverpool, they can break through. Chelsea broke through a, a, like four or five years ago. But it's so damn hard to do, and it makes it makes the fan experience, I think, worse because of that. Um, so that's that's something that I've been kind of thinking about the last couple of days. It, it's a feeling we've been having for a while, even over the last couple of years. But but this match in particular really put it in stark relief that two of the best three teams in the Premier League played to an amazing draw. And the feeling is, well, we just gave up the league in Jan at the beginning of January. Like that, yeah. that sucks to me. When, when a week ago I was one of those online preaching patients. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and really, to me, it wasn't even so much the draw this weekend. I mean that that is a solid result. 
going to Stamford Bridge. You know, we, we've been to Stamford Bridge now three straight years in the league and have not lost. We've got two wins and a draw. That's That doesn't happen. That's awesome. Nope. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm absolutely thrilled with that. It was this was this was something I was keeping an eye on. It is a culmination, basically, of the festive period, where you're sitting there like, well, City's got to drop a few points somewhere, and at the end of the day, they got the win against Arsenal, which is <laughs> has just a load of bollocks around it on top of it. And then you know Liverpool, who I've, obviously I'm pulling for Liverpool in a challenge, but also I think they're they're about the only team that is truly going to challenge city. So it's like, well, you know, if we want somebody to really challenge city, we might need Liverpool to do something. The one nil loss to Leicester and then the draw. And then on top of it, uh, Sane, uh, Sane, um, Sala, Mane, and, uh, Keita get on a plane to go to Cameroon and God knows what's going to happen there. Uh, on top of it, Klopp still has COVID. Now Pep Linders has COVID. Um, to me, it was that was just the culmination of building. And when you when you now look at it, Liverpool, Klopp had made the comment that we basically needed to be perfect mm-hmm. and have some luck, and that was before all this happened. Now we seriously need to be perfect and have to have luck of people beating city Liverpool do have a chance to have us have the swing if they can beat city, but man, my problem, and I think Liverpool can beat city. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think anybody else can. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tottenham got them early in the year that it almost seems like if you're going to get city, the best time to get them is early in the season before they mesh and kind of figure everything out. Mm-hmm. And they just pray to God they lose enough points. Yeah. But it's like, you know, usually around November or December, man, City just turn it on and they might have a couple of matches the rest of the year that it's like, oh, well, things could be in doubt. Oh, we might lose a match. We might lose a few points. But, I mean, it just they're, they're not going to lose enough. They're not going to lose enough for anything to really be done about it. Because I mean, I'd love to trust me. I'd love to see Liverpool reel off eighteen straight wins. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think we're taking maximum points out of our next eighteen. Um. So you know, once again, this got me cursed out and called a Manchester United fan. Somehow, this made me a Manchester United <laughs> fan yeah. by saying I didn't think we would win the league. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it logically, I I think for Liverpool, their best chances this year are going to be in the three cup competitions that they remain in, the Carabao, the FA, and the Champions League. I mean, there's nothing that says they can't go out and win one, maybe even two. Hell, it'd be amazing to win all three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I think... City just has City just has too much depth. City is the one team that can overcome whatever hits them. Yeah. They get hit by COVID. All right, fine. We'll play Jack Grealish. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, when they can just dig into that bench, I mean, they just sold Ferran Torres for what, like 
60 million pounds, and it's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Mm-hmm. We just saw a 60 million pound striker, and yeah, that's fine. We weren't really playing him anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's like City, it's almost like right now City have kind of broken the league. I mean, you look at it, and I heard somebody say the other day, you know, it, it would be a, it, it'll be a real shame if Jurgen Klopp leaves, and you know, w- when the contract runs out and Klopp leaves, you know, it, it'll be disappointing that he only won the league one time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, a part of me's like, well, yeah, but then another part of me's like, I mean, we basically had to go a hundred, a hundred, and back to back years yeah. to win it once. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I mean. You know, if if it came down to you you get 88 points and win the league, hell, we would have won the league a few times. Yeah. But basically, City, I keep saying it, City are such a machine when it comes to Premier League football. They are such a machine that, you know, getting 90 points, uh, getting 90 points is like, oh, all right, you might finish in the top three. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's become. 90 points is like the basic, okay, yeah, you want to make the Champions League, yeah, you better be up around 90. Um, because City, City City, are basically playing on, like, professional mode on FIFA right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's disappointing. I mean, it does kind of give you a taste of what our, uh, our German brethren go through. Yeah. Um, and it's not... Not good for the league, but at the same time, what, what can you do about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got the money, they've got the infrastructure, they've got the sorry, uh, sorry Newcastle, they've got a twelve-year head start on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. You know, maybe when Pep leaves, they'll have a blip. But I mean, I just I, I don't see I don't see how City. Barring something catastrophic happening to the squad, mm-hmm. I just uh, I don't see how City give away this lead, and I don't see how Liverpool or Chelsea uh, walk them down at this point. So just one too thing, many variables. Yeah. One thing that's interesting, and I, I've thrown this stat out a few times, but one thing that's always been so interesting about that Liverpool title winning season. Um, and, and again, I never, th- I never throw this stat out to denigrate what they did because that was an amazing football team who played mm-hmm. exceptionally well and were fantastic at closing out tight games. Mm-hmm. Um, that team, according to their expected goals and expected goals against, that team overperformed by about 25 points on the season. City mm-hmm. underperformed theirs by about six. If they had both performed, if they had both earned the points that the stats say they should have, City still would have won the league by like 12 points. That's mm-hmm. that's what it took for Liverpool to win the league. They had to perform not only at such a high level on the field, but completely outperform their, their statistical level that they were playing at. That's what it took to win one Premier League title against City. That's, oh, that, it blows my mind. Yeah, um, and, and then and then that was after coming a whisker of doing it the year before and literally City having to put up a record point total. Yep. yep. And, and Liverpool having, 
God, what was it? Liverpool had like, that was like the third highest ever Premier League point output uh-huh. in history. And they finished second. Yep. Because City just happened to have the second highest point output in league history the same fucking season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's insanity. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm... You know me. I mean, I'm as optimistic about Liverpool as oh, anybody. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like blindly, ridiculously optimistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, it was kind of, you know, I, I know, you know, words. I try not to let words hurt me, Ed. But you know, I was a little, I was a little like, wow, I'm, I'm getting absolutely murdered here online by some people, you know, just screaming. But you know. I don't know, man. At the same time, there's there's some people who just have this outlook, and it's like, you know, well, if you don't blindly believe that we're going to achieve every single goal in the best possible way, then you can't possibly be a fan. Which is interesting because, at least, I'm not sure what where you're going, but at least on the Liverpool yeah. subreddit, after the game, the general consensus was, yeah, league's done, you know, and there was yeah. there was you know some people who were going like, ah, oh, we can still win the the champions league yeah. we can still win the league cup you know but yes right. season premier league's probably done now so that that's surprising right. that you caught so much flack for that right and of course now mine was more off of facebook which you know eh, is okay. sometimes the absolute dregs yeah you, you know especially when i'm getting cussed out by people who it's like is this a name or did somebody just like throw letters together or you know <laughs> i don't know what continent you're on but you, you know how um, but yeah, uh, that, that's kind of, that's just my feelings now after, after match day 20, um, I still believe Liverpool still, Liverpool have that, uh, they have the boxing day match in hand. So if Liverpool won their match in hand, they'd be eight points behind city. Mm-hmm. So where do you make up eight points? You know, um, well, you can beat them head to head. So that would cut it to five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now figure out where you're going to gain five points on City. Excuse me, gain six points on City to pass them. Where are you going to gain six the rest of the year? I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Like you said last week, maybe if they get super caught up in the Champions League. But the thing for City is that's never been an issue for them because True. they have the depth to deal with it. They're not having to play the same 13 guys every week. You know, And if Pep wants to go to, like, eight backups in May or in April and May. Well, if he goes to eight backups, you know, six of them are going to be, you know, international players. Probably all eight of them. Hell, probably all eight if you go to like the junior squad. So, you know, um, it's just what it is. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you just have to, uh, you just have to, accept some things and that's kind of why i said you this year i'm putting my eggs in the cup basket baby <laughs> we go carabano if we ever get to fucking play that is yeah. um just looking you you mentioned um taking the points off off of city in a head-to-head um what's really interesting and i i hate to say it liverpool city at the etihad april 9th Depending on where they were, on on how other things fall, City might have six matches to go after that. That could literally just be the title decider at that point in the season. 
Yeah. And, yeah. and not even so much a decider for Liverpool, just, yeah. well, is there is there literally any possible chance now of anybody catching? Yeah. I mean, you know, not, not, not will they, but just literally can they anymore? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like you said, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's frustrating. I mean, I can only imagine how Everton fans feel. <laughs> I mean, this is, this must be how they feel like every morning that they wake up. Um, I mean, just trying to you know, finish out of the relegation zone. Anyway, um, got the jab. Oh, oh, toughies. But uh, yeah, I mean that's this is where we sit right now. I mean, this is cities to lose all day long, and I just think City are too much of a machine in the league. So, uh, yeah, yep. Get well, get well, Jurgen. That's what really matters right now. Well, it's a uh, it's a frustrating time, um, and one that will at least be put on pause for a weekend. For the FA Cup, it's the magic of the cup, yay! Woo. So we'll be uh, we'll be checking we're that to, out. We're going to play Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, uh, I think we have more more combe, the shrimps. Morcombe. Morcombe. The why. literal shrimps. We're not ta- we're not talking about the size of the club. Yeah, <laughs> don't know why they're the shrimps, but uh, we are that. not making fun of you. We promise. <laughs> Uh, as we take a look at the table, um, we do see currently City are 10 points up on Chelsea, 11 up on Liverpool. Uh, again, Liverpool do have that match in hand. Uh, Arsenal sit fourth, one point up on West Ham, two points up on Tottenham. However, Tottenham do have two matches in hand to make up on Arsenal. Um, so, so very much false table there. Uh, Manchester United, two points back of Spurs and uh, Wolves, three points back of United. At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Uh, Watford, currently two points up on Burnley uh, and Newcastle. And then Norwich currently sit at 10 points. So a three-point gap separates 17 to 20. Um, Wes, real quick, if you had to take a guess, because right now uh, Leeds are six points up on Watford. Um, so it seems like there's four teams right now for three spots. It's Watford, Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. Um, which one of those four do you think stays up? I don't know why. I've got this crazy little stinky suspicion that I think Newcastle are going to do just enough here in January to maybe reinforce and get them a little bit of firepower. Mm -hmm. If Newcastle go out and, you know, they, they've, I'm sure we're going to touch on uh, Trippier signing for Newcastle. Uh, but if they can get another couple of players in who can help them out, I think Newcastle could survive this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although it would be incredibly funny if if they got all this Saudi money and then immediately dropped into the championship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it would be crazy to see Mbappe playing in the championship next year. <laughs> Oh, how many goals do you think Mbappe could score in the championship? Um, let me see. They play uh, 374. <laughs> I don't know. Now, you know what they say about the championship? It's a man's league. It's old, hard English football. I don't know, I don't know how Mbappe would actually do there. <laughs> Mbappe would probably drop his value having to go to the league. 
Can you imagine how many rainy <clears throat> nights at Stoke you'd have to do it in? Oh, not just at Stoke. You could go to Nottingham and Stoke and just all these wonderful, wonderful places. Gosh, you go to Millwall. Millwall, fuck it. Oh, man. So that's your that's your look at the Premier League. Um, quick look at the League Cup. Uh, Chelsea with a dominant first half over Tottenham in their first leg today. Uh, goals from Kai Havertz and an own goal from Ben Davies sealed their 2-0 lead. Um, the second leg will be taking place next week at still yet to be named Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And we will see if Tottenham can rebound. Um, I do believe that they are still not using the away goal rule anymore. So um, Tottenham, for them not getting any goals, isn't the death knell that it might be in normal circumstances. But they will need to start scoring some goals um, to get climbed back into the tie with Chelsea. As Wes mentioned, uh, the Liverpool-Arsenal match was postponed. Uh, so their first leg will take place on uh, the day after Tottenham-Chelsea finishes. Uh, they will play on the 13th, and then their second leg will now take place at the Emirates on the 20th. Right. Right. <sighs> so uh, we, we basically, um, you know, to get this done, we, we gave away our home field advantage for the second mm. leg. So, yeah, that's what it is. It is. What it and of, and of course all, all the Arsenal fans were like oh oh this is this is an absolute travisham mockery how how dare uh-huh. how dare this happen so uh-huh. I'm just happy to see Arsenal fans mad that's always fun um, uh, the FA Cup uh, does kick off this Friday with Swindon Town versus Manchester City um, and then there's a ton of games on Saturday and Sunday. And then because they're special, Manchester United versus Aston Villa on Monday. As mentioned, Liverpool will be taking on Shrewsbury and Tottenham will be hosting Morecambe. Um, the lowest ranked team still in are the Kidderminster Harriers. Uh, they will be taking on championship side Reading. Uh, Kidderminster out of the sixth tier on the pyramid, National League North. Um, uh, most famous player to play for Kidderminster recently? Uh-huh. Uh, last year, one of Liverpool's heroes, uh, Reese Williams. <gasps> oh. That's where, that's where he uh, spent his loan season the year before, was at Kidderminster, and he uh, credited it with helping toughen him up, and uh, young, young, young Reese uh, helped uh, uh, Liverpool to uh, pick up that Champions League spot. So, um no Kidderminster. Yeah, I feel like playing non-league football will definitely harden you up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You you, you certainly don't have the luxuries of uh of say Liverpool's uh spanking new multi 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 million pound training facility. <laughs> um, other non-league teams still in the competition. Uh, Borumwood, uh, in the fifth tier, uh, will be hosting AFC Wimbledon from League One. Uh, Chesterfield will be traveling to Chelsea. Um, and I think that is about it. There are some League Two teams. Um, but yes, there's three teams left outside of the football and league. We'll see if any of them can advance to the fourth round proper. Um, so that is it for match talk. Uh, news and notes, as you mentioned, Wes, uh, not a whole lot of big signings. 
um, one of the only um, sort of big ones, as you mentioned earlier in the pre-pod, uh, Rangers sending Nathan Patterson to Everton for just over $15 million. Casper uh, Kozlowski moving from... I'm not even going to try to say that over to Brighton for about 12 million. <laughs> and then uh, Kieran Trippier, as you said, coming over from Atletico Madrid to Newcastle. Um, one of their big buys and we're expecting you, you expect Newcastle to make some more big moves. Um, now I do think there's going to be plenty of other big moves to come. Um, but those are the, the biggest ones that have come in so far. I'm going to take one more quick look uh, at the overall latest transfers here. Um, but that is, um, in my mind, that is uh, about uh, as big as things have gotten so far, Wes. And uh, and now we just wait to see uh, to see what other dominoes fall. That's right. Uh, see who uh, loses their mind in the last week of January when they're trying to avoid the drop. Mm-hmm. The dreaded, dreaded drop. Because you know somebody's gonna fuck up and do something stupid. Uh, the the spirit of QPR lives on forever. <laughs> oh God bless QPR. Oh, oh, miss those guaranteed. God bless wins. them. Oh man. So that that is uh, the transfer market that will obviously start picking up a lot more um, as we go on. Uh, one transfer that got done during this summer. Um, and then caused a little bit of waves with an interview recently. Um, why it was released like three weeks after the fact, I don't know. But here we are. Uh, Romelu Lukaku had an interview with Sky Sport um, saying things like, quote, Now, now it's the right time to share my feelings. I have always said that I have Inter in my heart. I know I will return to Inter. I really hope so. I am in love with Italy. This is the right moment to talk and let people know what really happened. Also saying, I'm not happy with the situation at Chelsea. Tuchel has chosen to play with another system. I won't give up. I'll be professional, which definitely doesn't belie anything he's just said. (laughs) Um, Of course, Lukaku being a current Chelsea player, uh, this, uh, this, threw up a lot of dust clouds and uh he did not find himself playing uh this this uh, past day against liverpool uh which maybe leads a little bit of ewing theory ewing theory credence to their their comeback draw Ooh. against liverpool but uh he was back on the pitch today against tottenham so uh and and tuchel seems like he has he has allowed him to come back into the fold but man i, I just what a weird thing to say in the middle of a season when when Chelsea, by all accounts, are, are we're starting to falter a little bit in this December period to come out and say that it's just such a bad look. I, I don't know why you can't just say, I love my time at Inter, hope to be back there one day, but right now I am super happy at Chelsea. Why why you would say anything else, I I, I just do not know, Wes. Um, it's it just one thing in, in defense of Romelu. Um, sure. I, I wonder somewhat what the context was of that entire interview. Um, you know, and, and also thing, things with timing. 
uh, I was listening to Men and Blazers, and Roger Bennett brought up a, a really interesting point that, you know, sometimes just when the timing of things happen, um, it, it, it can really uh, make or break things. Um, God, Spurs were just own goal and the hell out of everything today, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm watching right now is the Carabao Cup match. So. Oh, yeah, the first goal wasn't technically an own goal, but it almost could have been. God, this second one was hideously bizarre. Um, anyway, um, but Roger Bennett, you know, a few years ago when um, Pep Guardiola's comments about, you know, um, well, if City want me to just leave and go play golf, I'll just leave. Um, that caused such an uproar. Basically, that was an interview with Roger Bennett. They had done the interview like a month prior. And it was scheduled to be released the day after. I cannot remember they were playing, but basically they played a match and lost. Mm-hmm. And the interview was released the next day because that's just when it had been planned to be released. And all of a sudden it's like that's just the little snippet of it that everyone just went crazy over. Because basically just because of the timing of when it was released. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it is it is a really, really bad look for Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did a smart thing by backtracking as hard as he could. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, openly apologizing to fans, apologizing to teammates. Uh, I, I really don't think Lukaku was trying to, like, burn his bridge. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stamford. <laughs> yeah, got him. Um, yeah. Um, I don't think he was trying to do that. It, it was just, it was a combination of wrong words, wrong tone, wrong time. Yeah. Um, you know, if Chelsea, if Chelsea were in the middle of winning 11 straight Premier League matches like City, you know, it probably would have been like, oh, Romelu, just shut up and keep playing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was coming off a festive season that wasn't the best for Chelsea. So, Yeah, and to um, your point, I believe I yeah. heard that this was like, this the interview had been done three weeks ago before. Uh-huh. So, so it's just really uh-huh. weird, and I, I don't know why they, I, I mean, who knows why yeah. people sit on things this long, especially just a normal interview like that. Like you uh-huh. think, hey, just go ahead and get it out there. But no, they, they, they sat on it. And so, yeah, like you said, with the timing, it just feels even worse when you when you don't know that right away true very true so um let's see but you know uh some people were screaming oh no get him out of here right now but it, it looks like chelsea's gonna bring him back in the fold obviously played in the cup match today um obviously if chelsea want to achieve any of their goals this season which right now they may be kind of back in the liverpool camp of well, you know, we're in three competitions. Let's see if we can win a trophy. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can win a few trophies. I mean, Chelsea are right there in the same... I mean, they're in the same boat with Liverpool right now. It's like, we ain't catching these motherfuckers. Let's see if we can win what we've got chances to win. And I think if they do lift some trophies, Lukaku's going to have a big hand in it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is it is just interesting <laughs> to think about, you know... Um, the only thing that I think made this one a little bit worse, especially with his um, his comments about Tuchel and how he's not happy with the situation, you know, 
Dougal has alienated locker rooms before. Like, like this wouldn't be the first time he's pissed people off. So I think that considering that and with that context around it, you're if you're like looking at it from Chelsea's side, you're like, oh shit, here we go again. You know, he oh, yeah. he might have a shelf life of another three months and then he's gone. Um, the usual I'm talking about in this situation. Um, so I think that that's what added a little bit to it. Like if this was, you know, if it was Pep who was his coach, you'd be like, well, mm-hmm. you know, Pep's going to stick around. If it's, if it's Pep or Lukaku, it's sorry, Lukaku, mm-hmm. you're the one leaving. Um, but because yeah. of, of Tuchel's um, history mm-hmm. of, of somewhat lack of man management, PSG being a very notable example of that, um, I, I do think that that's where people started looking a little more closely like, hmm, hmm. Is, is everything okay over there at Stanford Bridge? You guys, you guys doing okay? <laughs> you guys need anything? Uh, so yeah, a little bit of a mess, but um, it, it does look like it may end up working itself out. Um, speaking of messes that may or may not work themselves out in in the long run here, and I do un, uh, need to reload the translation on this page because I pulled this from a a Spanish site. <laughs> um, Headline, the Super League will return to the charge in 2022. According Uh, to the Financial Times, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus have talked about the idea of promoting it this new year. Um, So, uh, again, this is going to be broken English because this is a just web page translation. The Super League project can live a new episode in this 2022. Uh, After its creation in 2021 was ephemeral due to the disbandment that was generated only hours after its official announcement due to the rejection by fans, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Juventus will return to the fray in the new year that we have just uncorked. It's a nice little... Nice little expression. Uh, this is assured by the prestigious economic medium, Financial Times. The three... Oh, no, I lost my I lost my translation. Why did I lose my translation? No. Okay. Well, long story short, um, they haven't given up on this stupid thing. Um, so <laughs> prepare to hear more about the Super League in 2022. Well, don't forget, Barca, don't forget Barca's broke even though they're buying players. Um, Real Madrid are pretty broke, even though they're going to try to sign Holland and fucking uh, Mbappe in the offseason. Uh, and Juventus, now they really are broke. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they 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 need this tournament. They need this tournament really bad. Oh, man. Just, oh, God. I, I, I can't. I, I, I would say I can't believe it. But again, with what you just said and knowing how much money they need, you're like, no, yeah, I can believe it. They're they're <laughs> going to keep going until they legally cannot do it anymore. Yeah, <sighs> absolutely depressing. Um, all right, so that is going to do it for our uh, news and notes of the week. But now is the time where we pimp the athletic. Wes, what kind of amazing stories do you have to discuss this week? Oh, me athletic crap. I got my thing. I got my thing, I promise. Um, Coming up, say stories. I got some good ones, man. Got some really cool ones this week. Um, 
the 25 best college football bowl performances, because of course you see it is bowl season. Jackson Smith and Jigba joins Tommy Frazier, Vince Young, Joe Burrow, and more. Uh, if you happen to catch any of the Rose Bowl, Jesus Christ, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He had 15 or 16 catches, like 330-some yards, three touchdowns, I think. I just... Just absolutely fantastic. You know what I think about Ohio State, but I was like, you know, I mean, how can I hate on that kid at all? He was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, didn't I'm trying to see if he made the top ten on this. Uh, no, not in the top ten. But anyway. uh, so check that out. That is by um, uh, Matt Brown. That was from January the 1st. Uh, the mayonnaise bath heard around the world, and oh, I know you God. saw the mayonnaise bath. Oh, Shane Beamer, the Duke's Mayo Bowl in a moment, years in the making. Nicole Auerbach, you know, so, you know, um, ESPN. This has been a big, 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 big topic here in the uh, in the bowl season. That basically ESPN has turned the bowls <laughs> into well, if you're not in the playoff, then what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Even though we ESPN broadcast all these damn bowl games. Um, so when you've got like 40 games that are not either of the playoffs and they're not the Rose bowl, um, how do you make anyone take notice of you? Mm-hmm. Obviously you don't want to have gallons of mayonnaise on someone's head. That's fantastic. Uh, it, it is, it's a really, really fun story. Shows how they came up with it. Um, just go, it goes into some really cool, uh, some really cool details of it. If you haven't seen it for some reason, it does have the video embedded in it. You can watch it one more time. And it goes into some of the disturbing things that Mike Golick Jr. was doing during the game involving mayonnaise. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, that was a good one. <clears throat> um, there's some really good ones here. I'm trying to come up. Uh, I, I, I will stick one more. I'll, for, for my third and final, I'll stick one more college football um, because I'm going to talk about a little later the, the playoff final coming up um, Monday night, and then Georgia damn Bulldogs are there. Ed Jeff Schultz wrote, A stolen pig, Herschel Walker's shoulder, a national title, and Georgia's 41-year thirst for another one. I mean, anytime you can see like 1980s Herschel, a picture of him, God, that dude was a stud. Well, you take into account the fact that he was a freshman and he looked like a 35 year old man because he's freaking Herschel Walker. <laughs> um, 1980 season, an incredible one for Georgia. They won the national title. And as uh, any non Georgia fan will let you know, they ain't won one since. <laughs> uh, they're going to get a chance. They got, they got a chance. They got a chance. We'll see what happens. But um, that's that's going to that's gonna be a fun read. Once again, Jeff Schultz uh, just came out about two hours ago. So, yeah, get out and get your uh, football fix. Um, so I had a couple stories. One um, from Lindsey Jones um, from a story which uh, has a shit ton of comments on it unsurprisingly um jones and uh antonio brown made a fool out of bruce arians and the buccaneers who should have known better 
And uh, if you haven't seen the highlight of Antonio Brown uh, <laughs> leaving the Jet, the Buccaneers Jets game um, in the middle of the first half, uh, I think it was middle of the first half. Um, if you want to see what it looks like to see someone with uh, CTE still on a football <laughs> field, yeah, <sighs> it's really depressing. Um, Antonio Brown needs a lot of help. Um, this story goes into it. Um, it's, it's just really sad. Um, but oh my God, just the dude needs help. Like the dude needs. So it's, it's one of those things that it's like, it's funny to watch. And if it was like in any other sport, it would be hilarious. But because it's football and because of what we know about brain injuries and of what we know about Antonio Brown, uh, Brown taking a huge hit from a uh, uh, Vontez Bursett, I think his name is Vontez Perfect. Uh, yes, a, a while ago. Yeah, Perfect killed him. Yeah, like you, you say that he basically did. He basically yeah. did. Um, so yeah, there. This does go into a little bit of that. So go check that out. There's there's a lot of lot of pieces out there on that. Um, in slightly better news, um, Peter Gammon just came out with an article yesterday. Uh, Todd Helton's Hall of Fame case is complicated and compelling for reasons unlike his peers. Um, Todd Helton, one of my favorite players to watch growing up, even though I was not a, a left-handed hitter. Um, his swing was just so clean, so good. Um, I hate that he played at Coors Field because I think if he had not played at Coors Field, he would be a 100% Hall of Famer. He was he was just that good. Uh, but his numbers were obviously a little inflated, probably. Maybe because of course field. So unfortunately, that, that may end up keeping him at arm's length from the hall. But hopefully not. Uh, one of my fair players growing up. So And Peter Gammons does a, a typical amazing job of breaking breaking the case down there. And then while this isn't an athletic article, it does tie into uh, something you were just talking about. Um, this is from another site I read called Awful Announcing. Um, the headline, Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard's lazy analysis about college football, football players shows a deeper ESPN issue. Boy, howdy does it. Because the entire thing that I thought was so funny um, about this whole thing of you, you said it that ESPN has essentially made it that if you don't make the this the college football playoff, that's it. That's that's the only thing that matters. Then don't be surprised if people don't want to play in games you don't say matters. Like you you can't get you can't build these these three games the two semifinals and the finals up as the biggest things at the end of the year and then wonder well well why don't you want to play in this exhibition that doesn't matter then little timmy well well what what's your problem it's it's cuz you play those video games oh i knew it it's the video games that are it's just lazy and it's stupid and i hate it and it's really funny because for the last 20 years, all I've heard about is how much people hate the participation trophy culture. And now we're literally play complaining about people not going to play a game for a participation trophy. Why? 
Why are we or, doing or, this? Or a, three, or a $300 Best Buy gift card. Yes. Yes. Do you, yeah. do you think going playing the Idaho Potatoes Bowl means anything? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. So I, I'm, I'm just... It's so well, lazy. It, 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 it almost... It almost means more to not play. I mean, hey, NC State got a trophy. <laughs> well done. And are claiming a 10-win season. They finally got their trophy. Wait, are they actually claiming they a 10-win trophy. season? Dude, I think they actually are. Oh, God. Like, I, don't I don't know what they're actually officially doing on that. But there was talk out there that, like, oh, yeah, you know. I mean, they, they took the trophy home. They're like gonna put this trophy on display for a bowl game that they didn't play. That that is the most like I get I get it if you if you want to take the trophy because uh, UCLA I think it was that they were supposed to play against yeah. Um, yeah. couldn't end up playing like okay I, I get that that that's fine but man don't oh, display I can say it. He's, he's East Carolina was not offered the trophy for the military ball. Oh, man. After after Boston College dipped out on us, we were not we were not offered the opportunity to keep the trophy. So so that's that's one of those situations where it's like, can we not just find a field then and have NC State and ECU play each other? Like they're 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 literally an hour and a half apart. Like we can do this. Well, now the great thing about that is we're literally going to do that to uh, open the year um, in for the 2022 season. They're coming to Greenville, so, you know. Well, then, then well, what better yeah, way to get the bad blood going? Oh, man. I'll tell you. You know, I, I offered on Twitter, I offered to um, get them the Rocky Mountain Athletic Complex. It's halfway between both of them. I wouldn't even charge anyone to do the PA. There you go. I mean, I could I could break out my old uh, my old Rocky Mount pregame CDs from two thousand eight. <laughs> oh man! I mean, who wants it? Doesn't everybody want to hear? This is D Block, mighty mighty D Block. That'd be awesome, man! <laughs> oh, it's so good, Bruh, Man, that I'm I'm not even going down the weeds of what we could have done with this, but. Screw ESPN. This is a WHIG TV exclusive. <laughs> a production. The band's, back, the, the band's back together. Yes. <laughs> Ed, Wes, and Clint all come out of retirement. Oh my God, it'd be great. That would be great. Uh, <sighs> and they say it. And they open. Welcome to WHIG TV's first ever college football game. <laughs> What about Wesley? I stand by what I said. <laughs> did I stutter? I don't believe I did. Oh, Wes Bradshaw did not stutter at all. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, what, oh, what man, you can those, say those when you're getting hurt. The things you can say when you don't care about doing a second game. So, the things you can say when you're retired and you don't give a damn. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. just oh, that's excellent, 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 excellent. Um, all right. Uh, on that note, Wes, what are we watching? <laughs> what, watch four. 
what are we watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Okay, everything's kind of running together, so I got to think of what we watched. Okay, uh, we watched um, the entire new season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, season 15, I believe of it. God, I cannot believe that show's got season 15. Um, it is a beautifully fantastic season uh, where one of the running themes is that um, – Basically, the gang is uh, involved and responsible for most everything that happened in 2020. Oh, okay. Um, uh, you, you know, all the all those culturally iconic moments, um, the <laughs> including the one I nearly died, uh, the Capitol riots, um, the uh, voting fraud. <laughs> um, they're they're uh, somehow responsible for um, parts, if not all of these. Um, Oh man, just absolute great shit. Uh, they go to Ireland, which is really fun. Mm. Um, yeah, just a great season. You know, it's 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 another season of it's always sunny. I mean, you, you, we know what it is by now. It's irreverent. It's shock. It's awe. It's 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 a pretty magnificent show. I'm a I'm a big fan. He's uh, a bird. <laughs> um. God, it seems like there was something else we watched, and Lord knows I cannot remember what it was right now. So I'm just going to stick with It's Always Sunny. That's a, that's what I remember watching at this point. So. Um, I am trying to think if there is anything new we watched. <coughs> um, we are we are rewatching, so we do like to have just like what we like to call background TV on. Uh, myself mm-hmm. and one name producer Jackie. So like when we're just doing stuff or if we're just like playing on our phones on the couch, something that we enjoy, but we've already seen a bunch of times. And so it's one where we can just leave on where if we're zoned out, it's not a big deal. We don't really miss anything, but if we are paying attention, it's still hilarious. So right now we're just have on random episodes of Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, so yeah, just very, very enjoyable. We're like midway through season four right now. So it just, it's, such great moments and and one of the ones i just saw the other day was uh when when they found out hitchcock was actually the one who had the uh the most arrests in precinct history um and and so he went and got a tattoo on his arm of what he claims was him blowing smoke off the gun (laughs) but but clearly the barrel is going completely in his mouth and so Terry is like, that's why are you, why do you have a tattoo of you committing suicide? You, you clearly pulled the trigger. What is wrong with you? Oh, it's great. Oh, I love that show so much. So that's what, that's what we're doing right now. I'm trying to think if anything is really coming. Uh, Eternals, the Marvel movie, no one watched, uh, I think is coming to Disney plus pretty soon. So I'll probably check that out when it does because it's free. Um, but other than that, I think I think that's about it for now. So not uh, yeah, not not much more. I think new stuff is coming out anytime soon, as far as I know. Since I got caught up on uh, since I got caught up on Letterkenny in in one go. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the only thing that sucks about Letterkenny. It's not enough. It's not enough of you, Letterkenny. Oh, it's never enough. 
Never. Armor. We finished. Uh, we finished uh, Thirty Rock. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that was the first time she'd ever seen all the way to the end, and like she, she didn't realize like the end of the last season. She's like, "Wait, that's it?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." I'm like, they literally built up to the final episode for like eight weeks. She's like, well, yeah, but I thought there was another two seasons. I'm like, no, that's that's it. She's like, well, damn it. So I, I got a particular kick out of that. But, um, yeah, just another one. It's just a great show. She's All not right, able just... to have the, uh, the emotional reaction she wanted to. God. Oh, um, unfortunate. Yeah. Well, uh, then on that note, that is going to do it for this edition of the A Foreign Affair podcast. Um, we'll be back next week uh, to talk the magic of the FA Cup. Uh, there actually, now that I think about it, there is actually league matches being played next midweek because, of course, there are. Um, on Tuesday, Southampton hosts Brentford and Everton plays Leicester. Then on Wednesday... Uh, West Ham plays Norwich and um, yeah, that's it. So those makeups will will also be done there. So we'll have a little bit of Premier League to discuss as well. In addition to the, uh, the first uh, or the final leg of Tottenham Chelsea's league cup. uh, And then we'll preview if Liverpool Arsenal actually happens. Um, And then we'll see if there's any more transfers going around. Um, and hit any news and notes that pop up. Um, but otherwise it might be another quick episode next week. Uh, these episodes of course are presented by NGSC sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can find them on the social media as well as us as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA pod. Wes, you are. I'm at West Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show the all-new sports show, and you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including Anchor, which is powered by Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to send us a message, uh, just check out the description. You'll see a link to send us a message via Anchor, and uh, if it's good enough, we'll post it in the episode. Um, But that is going to do it now for episode 396. Before we get out of here, Wes... I think I know where you're going with this, but anything else you want to add? There's only one place to go with this Monday night, Indianapolis, Indiana. The two best teams in college football are hooking up for a second time this year. The Georgia Dam Bulldogs. A chance to end 41 years of pain, heartache, and having to listen to the fucking Gators run their mouth. Uh, Georgia-Alabama, part two, the rematch of the SEC championship game. I I find it very hard to believe that Georgia will be as bad as they were in the SEC championship game. Will Georgia win? Man, I don't know if Georgia will win. I hope they win. Damn right, I hope Georgia wins it. Um, I'll pick the dogs because, once again, Ed, you know me, the eternal optimist, (laughs) Wes Bradshaw. Um... It's going to be good, though. Uh, you know, if, if you just if you enjoy seeing a lot of really good football players on the field, but don't want to have to bother watching uh, Antonio Brown stripping in an NFL game, watch Georgia Bama because there are going to be pros everywhere. And who just, knows, folks? You just might see some history. 
wasn't this a a replay of uh, the national championship from a couple years ago? Yes, twenty seventeen. Okay. That was the uh, that was this guy named Tua coming off the bench for Bama at halftime. Uh, and this guy who uh, ended up being a pretty good college player, Devontae Smith, uh, catching the touchdown in overtime to beat Georgia. Yeah. So that. the first one, the first one was a freaking classic. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, maybe we'll get another classic. Um, just like I said, if, if I had it my way, it'd just be an ending, uh, different team up on the scoreboard, but. Uh, you know, I'm one of those. I'm I'm not going to be like horribly pissed if Bama ends up winning, but I'm I am definitely Team Georgia here. Well, fingers crossed for that, and hopefully they can, uh, hopefully they can finally put 41 years of heartache away for good. Um, but we'll see. We'll just sure we'll... Cha- just channel England. No, no, wait, 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 no, no, no! Forget I said that. Forget I said that. Jim, Jesus Christ! Oh no, what have you done? Um, well, I'm sure we will talk more about that next week. Uh, until then, everyone, uh, for McCollum, Crime, West Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Please stay safe and enjoy the football. This thing's gonna go those fucking two point conversions, which is basically the equivalent of penalty kicks. Oh, crap. oh no, no. It's tragedy. You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.